Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. It's Tuesday. It's the Out of Sight Podcast. It is Adil Royster. I am your host. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Uh, it has been a little chilly in Philly the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, the, the rumor mills are still hot. And the person that's on the stove has been James Harden for the last, I don't know, two weeks. Not going to lie, I'm a little bit exhausted. I'm a little bit sick of it. I'm at the point now where it's just like, okay, I'm talking about Harden one more time on this podcast. And then that's it. That's it. I'm done. Not talking about Harden anymore until he's traded to the Sixers or elsewhere. I'm just exhausted. Just trade him. Don't trade him. Just make a decision so that we can get on with the rest of our lives. And the person that I'm bringing on to the pod today penned a column on Liberty Ballers saying that the Sixers are the most likely team to land James Harden. Posted this last week. It's Harrison Grimm. He's on the line. Harrison, how they hanging, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Th- thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to beating the dead horse that is James Harden trade rumors. Yeah, this, is the, this is the last time we're beating th- this dead horse. I'm putting the baseball bat away. This thing's not fair. It's ugly. It's disgusting. There's just dead horse carcass all over my apartment. I'm just not feeling it anymore. I'm just done. Like, that's it. That's it after this one. It's definitely been such such a weird situation to see breakdown. Like, not only James Harden not showing up to camp, but him just going on what what seems like a, a bender in Las Vegas or or in Atlanta with little baby. It's it's been really wild to see happening. But uh, apparently, reports came out today that he's going to play against San Antonio tomorrow. So looks like he's not done with the Rockets for now, at least. And part of the bender, I mean, well, the bender is part of the reason why I'm kind of sour on Harden now. Like, let's let's be honest. Let's be very clear about this. Let me be very explicit. Trading for James Harden, who has led the league in scoring the last three years, not a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying make sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed. Find out everything. Is he going to be happy here? Will he stay long term? Because he's only under contract for two more years, if I recall, correct? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a two plus one kind of thing. So he's under team control, what you would say, for two more years. And then he actually has a player option in 2022 uh, worth just under $47 million, which he can choose to pick up. It all started when, you know, Harden was giving the usual, like every superstar player does now, the, he gives his quote-unquote list of teams that he would accept trades to. I get it. Superstars are in this league. That's fine. I've, I've come to accept it since the decision. But Harden to Brooklyn, pieces aren't really there. You know, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, they're good players. And 
Brooklyn has draft capital now, I guess, because I guess they have like draft picks now that they don't owe the Celtics anymore. But like, was Brooklyn ever really on the table? Like, really? It's really tough to say because, like you said, they do have some useful players like Spencer Dinwiddie. Karis LeVert is is a cool young talent that just hasn't been able to put together a, a somewhat long, healthy stretch. Jared Allen is obviously a, a good modern big. But the main issue isn't necessarily even with those pieces. Like, those are all productive players. Obviously, they're not like a Ben Simmons level type of, type of package, but – a lot of those guys are going to be coming up on massive paydays. Like Spencer Dinwiddie, um, he's on contract for this year, and then he has a player option, which he'll almost certainly turn down in pursuit for a bigger payday. Uh, Jared Allen's going to be a restricted free agent. So all these guys are going to be looking for big paydays. These aren't like cheap, affordable contracts in the long-term perspective point of things. And, yeah, you, you could get those guys and get a boatload of draft picks, but I think Houston wants to pivot I don't think they, they want to go from a contending team to a full-scale rebuild. I think they're going to look to do something like what the Clippers did um, over the past few years where they retooled and, and kind of revamped their roster while remaining somewhat competitive. And that, that's the thing. If you're the Rockets, you know, you're trading James Harden and you're not really getting a blue chipper back. That's, that's already kind of an automatic loss in the trade, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, you're talking about a, a former MVP-capable uh, guy. He just averaged 34 or 36 points per game um, in the past year. You're, you're looking to get as much value as you can. And obviously, if you're the Houston Rockets, um, they've been reported to be looking for a, a young star. So Ben Simmons kind of fits that mold, uh, along with some other useful young players or, or draft picks. And I, I get it. Trading for James Harden, listen, like you said, he scored 34 points, 34.3 points per game last season, 36.1 the year before that, 30.4 the year before that, and those all led the league in scoring. And oh, by the way, the year before that, he led the league in assists with 11.2. Yeah, you're talking about an offensive mastermind in James Harden. Like, forget just the the pure scoring and step back you're looking at someone that is a top five offense by himself uh it, it's truly been really impressive what, what he could do uh just on the court uh, apart from scoring everyone's gonna look at his scoring numbers and, and be impressed and rightfully so but yeah you look at his assist numbers he's become a phenomenal playmaker he's someone that you could legitimately run a point guard uh for your team now obviously that's not the most ideal position. He's probably best playing off the ball and probably having a, a primary playmaker next to him to just kind of take some of the pressure off of him. I, right. I think that would benefit him, especially in the postseason. We've seen him really slow down in the postseason because let's face it, he's carried such a huge offensive burden for this Houston team. Um, but, but he's truly a phenomenal talent. And even at, at 32, I know there's concerns with, with his age. But I really do think his game is going to age well because you don't see him taking, like, an insane dunks. That, that's not his game. He, he right. plays a very old man style kind of game, very crafty, um, obviously an above-average shooter. So I think his game is, is going to age pretty well. I think it was over the, over the weekend or late into the afternoon on Friday where, like, Harden to Miami – talks kind of like well not not necessarily talks because that would imply that there's like phone calls being made between the two general managers but like rumors of Harden to Miami 
that that's interesting but again it's kind of the same thing as brooklyn right like miami doesn't have that blue chip player unless you make bam the the head the the head of the table piece of that trade like even that doesn't really make sense you know like bam uh hero maybe duncan robinson just like that's a that's again that's that's the brooklyn deal all over again yeah, I, I think that the stock on Tyler Hero right now is also at an all-time high. He played phenomenal in, in the bubble. He, he was one of their best players on a team that made the finals. Um, but I do think that that offer kind of slates in between Brooklyn's offer and what Philly can offer in terms of Ben Simmons versus the plethora of players that Brooklyn has put on the table. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's compelling I, I'm not sure if Miami is is willing to do that though, and like I get it, you you have a top five player in my opinion on on James Harden on the table, but do you really want to add him to a team where where Jimmy Butler came there to be essentially their guy, to be their ball handler? Right. And you also have a talented developing big that that has shown playmaking skills, and and Bam out of Bayou. I'm just not sure if, if you're willing to deal off a of Tyler Hero. Now, we don't know what, what his ceiling is. Is he more J.J. Redick? Is he, is he Devin Booker? We're not entirely sure yet. Um, so I, I just don't think that Miami is, is willing to wager all of that for James Harden, even though they could put together, I think, a pretty compelling package. I think Tyler Hero, the way he's being used in Miami, I feel like he's got way more of a J.J. Redick trajectory than Devin Booker because you know they, they kind of do similar things and I don't want to just straight up say just like oh Tyler Harrow is JJ Reddick because they're just both white guy shooters from Duke like that's not what I'm saying here internet so don't don't come at me in my Twitter okay that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying the way that they're used is very similar um uh now now we get to Harden to Philly the NBA should just know this right now if Ben Simmons is on the table everybody can just stop calling okay like no one is doing better than Ben Simmons in a James Harden trade, right? I definitely think Ben Simmons is probably Houston's best case scenario in terms of Harden departing Houston. You have Ben who is, uh, I believe, 24, 25 at this point, um, going to be entering his prime in a, in a few seasons on a five-year contract, five years straight, no options. And and he just made an all-NBA team, which – was honestly surprising in the moment, but yeah. nonetheless, he made an all NBA team. So the, the thing about the Ben Simmons going to Houston, that is a bit intriguing and strange is uh, the fit alongside John wall, who they just traded for. That's pretty much the worst fit that you could put next to Ben because their, their play styles are just so similar. Now you, Houston gets Simmons. And then we talk about, you know, draft capital, right? And it was reported by um, Yaron Weitzman, Bleach Report, that Houston wants three firsts for Simmons. Uh, um, three firsts plus Simmons for Harden. Uh, sorry, Tillman, that's way too much. I, I, think, I, I, think three, yeah. I think three firsts and Simmons is way too much. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think there's an argument to be made there. Like James Harden, you know, we, we can both agree he's a phenomenal player. But you, you got to keep in mind that let's assume that this trade does happen. Right. Uh, the, the one that Houston wants where the Sixers give up Ben Simmons and three protected first-round picks, which probably won't happen. 
if, if the Sixers land James Harden, I think that they could just get him for Simmons and maybe a first, I, I think is the absolute most they could get for him, best case scenario, but I doubt that happens. But you got to keep in mind that you're giving up Ben Simmons um, and, and you got, you have to improve the roster. Now, if you got to include, especially like if you got to include like Matisse Thibel or Shake Milton, like valuable role players, you, you're, you're going to need to fill in the team and improve the team. Like I said, I, I don't think Harden would be best used, especially as he gets older as, as a point guard. Mm-hmm. I, I think he would be better um, with, with a playmaker next to him, a reliable playmaker next to him to kind of alleviate some of that pressure. Right. Now, if you trade away three picks in that scenario, improving the roster is going to become a lot difficult. And it's also going to become difficult because James Harden is going to be earning over $40 million over the next two or three years, depending if he opts into his option. And that's going to take up a lot of your salary cap. So you're going to lose access to things like the mid-level exception. You're going to be out some draft picks. So if the Sixers do do this move in terms of trading for James Harden, they got to keep some of that draft capital to improve the roster and build around what would be James Harden and Joel Embiid. This would be my return call to the Houston Rockets if I was, you know, Daryl Morey. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I would never assume that I am as smart as Daryl Morey. But, like, okay, you want three first-round picks and Ben Simmons, but then you also want Matisse Thibel. Okay, sorry, I'm taking a first-round pick back because if you want Thibel, you give me a pick back. You want – oh, oh, you want Maxi? Okay, taking another first-round pick back. So for every, for every young player with upside in this trade I'm giving you, that counts as a draft pick, and you're not getting my draft picks. Yeah, I, I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, I think there's a strong argument to be made that the Sixers don't need to put in a first-round pick because let's face it, if they're getting Ben Simmons, that's probably the best player that they can land yeah. uh, if they trade away Harden. And you can make the argument that, hey, we're giving you Ben Simmons and you're going to like it and we're not going to give you anything else. The way I look at it here is like I compare it to two recent trades, right? And I feel like this has trading for James Harden is definitely more of one than the other. You have the Paul George trade to the Clippers and the Clippers got uh, the Clippers gave up five first round picks for Paul George. First of all, that was ridiculous. There's no, there's no reason to give up five first-round picks and, and SGA and everything, every darn thing else that they gave up in that trade. That was, I'm sorry. I know you're getting Kawhi Leonard, but that Paul George trade, that was a bad trade, Clippers. I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah, and, and I think you got to take a look at, you know, wh- where Paul George is as a player. I think Paul George is the top 25, top 20 guy, let's say, for argument's sake. And then you got James Harden, and I know that a lot of opinions range on him, but undoubtedly he's a top 10 guy. He, he's someone that I think could be the best player on a championship team. And the, what, what happened with the Clippers was you, you gave up an intriguing, promising young player in Shea Gilgis along with an expiring productive guy in Danilo Gallinari with a ton of draft picks uh, essentially for your ticket in, in the Kawhi sweepstakes. And you know, at the time it made sense because realistically speaking, I don't think they land Kawhi without Paul George. But sure. definitely looking looking back on it now, you can make the argument that Shea Gilgis is 
a better player than Paul George. If not, he's very close. And and just basing that alone, not even mentioning Danilo and all the draft picks they offered, uh, it does look like a disastrous deal. And you want to make sure that you you avoid that if you're the Sixers, even if James Harden is better. I think what the Rockets should realistically try to do is something like the Kawhi Leonard trade to Toronto, right? Because, yeah, Kawhi Leonard was a little disgruntled in San Antonio. James Harden is a little bit disgruntled in Houston, or a lot, depending on your view of the reports. All Toronto really had to give up, they, they gave up DeMar DeRozan. A, it was DeRozan and a 2019 protected first. I feel like if you're the and Rockets, Jakob Hurdle and Jakob Hurdle, I feel like that's the kind of trade you're realistically looking for. Like you get Ben Simmons, you maybe get one more pick, and then you get a player that you can kind of build around a little bit. Like Kawhi Leonard and James Harden are kind of on like equal level. Like they're both like top five players. So I don't know why Houston is being so – I don't know why they're demanding so much when Kawhi Leonard went for so little just two years ago. It just makes no sense. I get it. You want to shoot your shot and shoot for the moon, but, like, all right, now now, now what's your realistic offer now, Houston? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough situation to compare those two because when that trade happened, Kawhi was 27 – and he was coming off of essentially a year off of injury. No one knew for sure if he could get back to the level that he, he was approaching in San Antonio. Ultimately, he did. True. But that was an unknown at the time. And he was also an expiring deal. He had a player option that everyone in the world knew he was going to turn down. Um, and, and his value really plummeted. And I remember uh, the Spurs really wanted Benner Joel. And the Sixers said, you know, that's not happening. Uh, but but when you look at that situation and compare it to James Harden, who's making a lot more, uh, he, he's on a super max, not just the max, but a way super more max. money. Yeah, he's making a ton of money. And also he's already 31, uh, eventually going to turn 32 in the somewhat near future. So it's not like Kawhi Leonard, who was just going to be entering his prime, assuming he could get healthy. You have a 32 year old that's, you know, at, at this point, his best days are probably behind him. Obviously, I think he'll he'll still be very productive, but he's not going to be the James Harden from a year or two years ago, probably ever again. So it's really tough. And then also you look at it from the other side. Like San Antonio gave up DeMar DeRozan, who was a proven all-star. But you got to ask yourself, did DeMar DeRozan ever – have as much promise as Ben Simmons because definitely not <laughs> yeah when when that trade happened too we we essentially knew what DeMar DeRozan was going to be for his career at best a 25 point per game scorer with a little bit of playmaking good size and athleticism and, and that's fine DeMar's a great player but you look at Ben Simmons and and the verdict is still really out on him we have yet to see this jump shot who knows if it's ever going to get here I'm not going to go down that that loophole but, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that, that's a few podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, you, you have the 6'10 forward that, that, that can play make, who just turned 24, 25. Um, the verdict's still out on him. We, we don't know what he can be quite yet. And, and that, I think, holds some value when, when comparing those two situations. 
Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You said in this piece that you were a little bit surprised by the all the James Harden rumors. Um, did that change any bit after they traded for John Wall? Because everything I've read, Harden just didn't really like playing with the guy. So like after you get rid of or you trade away Westbrook, it's it's kind of like the it's, it's kind of like the trading away Horford thing. Like okay, so we got so we took we took the bad thing out of the equation, which was Westbrook. Let's try this John Wall thing. We'll run it into like the trade deadline and then see where we're at. Yeah, I, I think Houston had a pretty productive offseason given um, their their lack of assets. Their their asset chest was just completely drained from trying to improve the roster. They got Christian Wood, who's arguably the most intriguing free agent signee. We're not entirely sure what 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 his ceiling is, what he's going to be. Uh, I think DeMarcus Cousins isn't ever going to get back to Sacramento Kings or even New Orleans Pelicans, DeMarcus Cousins. But for a minimum, sure, why not? Why not take a swing on him? Sure, why not? Yeah, and, and you also look at the Robert Covington trade. Now, Robert Covington, uh, as we both know, is a really really good player. Fan but they managed, yeah, yeah, yeah. They managed to get two first rounders for Robert Covington, which is a pretty good. I think that's the best case scenario in terms of what you could get for Robert Covington. So all of a sudden, um, you you have some more first rounders. You have some intriguing prospects, and and you make the roster a little bit more deeper. And that's not even mentioning uh, getting John Wall along with another first round pick. And John Wall thus far, now keep in mind it's the preseason, so take it with a grain of salt. But he's looked really good in their preseason games. Um, so I was I was mostly surprised at the fact that this news came out because I assumed that the Rockets were going to tell James Harden, like, let's just give it half a season and we can revisit this around the trade deadline. If you still want out, we'll accommodate you or, or do whatever we have to do. 
And I think the Sixers also, when you look at their team, like Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey have been super adamant both publicly and people also reported on this, that they, they like both of them. They want to see what they have in both of them with a roster that suits them well, which they finally have. So I, I thought that the rumors were going to die down because the Sixers were going to see what this team can do that they just put together. And I think the Rockets were, were going to try and convince Harden to stay there. And you referenced Tom in your piece as well, uh, Tom West, Liberty Ballers. He tweeted that Doc Rivers says the Sixers like their team. Quote, those Harden trade rumors, none of those are coming from us. So it's, it's, it's Harden, it's Harden's people, his agents, maybe people in Houston. Like, if, there are, if there's Harden rumors, they ain't coming from the Sixers' house. Yeah, and, and typically when you hear that type of thing, you're just like, oh, it's a PR move or a leverage move. But I, I really do believe that he means that. And from what we've seen from reports from reliable people like Woj or, or Shams or Mark Stein or even Yarn Wiseman, who's, who's very plugged into the Sixers, is that Ben Simmons, as of right now, is off the table. And, you know, I'm someone that, that would totally trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. Um very quickly, assuming that that's the deal. But I understand where, where the Sixers are coming from, where they want to see how Ben and Joel do in a system that, that suits their, their needs. You kind of have to see how Doc uses Simmons and Embiid. And we'll see that tonight, actually, when the Sixers tip off against the Celtics. So let's just roll with this and just see where this team is at, like how it's built now. Like there's no Horford. Tobias is back in a better position that's better suited for him. He has a coach that he's familiar with. It's a new offensive system. It's all kinds of new systems with like a legit insane NBA coaching staff. Like let's just see where let's just see where this team is after one preseason game. And I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, why not wait? Why not just let this play out for like half a season? Yeah, and, and I think from the Sixers side of things, now if the Sixers fall flat on their face and the season is a dud or Ben or Joel don't improve at all, then I think you seriously revisited this or you go to another conversation, maybe a Bradley Beal type of thing, where you look like, okay, we, we should make a change at some point. Um, you know, that, that's a double-edged sword uh, when, when you look at the grand scheme of things. And I'll get into, you know, further down the, long, a, a, further down the line, who can the Sixers trade for, like midseason. But when you talk, when we were discussing, you know, the Rockets and the, the Sixers and just like, people in their feelings you know you you've referenced Tillman Fertitta in regards to how Maury left the franchise and like that's that's no longer a thing anymore apparently everything's all gravy but like could could that still be something that like in the back of their heads they're just like listen we are not trading James Harden to Daryl we are not doing that I mean it, it comes down to the type of person that Tillman Fertitta is now if if you're being petty then, then yeah, uh, I, I could definitely, I could definitely see them being like, yeah, we're not doing this. But from a basketball perspective and from a front office or owner perspective, you got to do what's best for your franchise, even if it means swallowing your own pride. Um, and if Ben Simmons is on the table, then Tillman Fertitta needs to swallow his prize and take that deal. Yeah. Because 
that's the best that's the best case scenario for Houston and that's not me being biased as as a Sixers writer Ben Simmons is the best player that they can land in this situation yeah assuming that LeBron James is not on a ta- on the table to send Harden to the Lakers yeah Ben is probably the best you're going to get Tillman so if he's on the table uh you need to you need to eat some crow when it comes to how Daryl left the Rockets Without a doubt, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Now, I know everyone was really upset when the report came out from Yarin that that said they were asking for three first-rounders on top of Ben Simmons. But oh you have to also understand that these are negotiations. You you never start with what is the bare minimum you'll take. you you got to <laughs> ask for something high and, and get talked down from it. <laughs> like this is gonna this is gonna turn into like I, I it's gonna turn into like some weird episode of Pawn Stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, now mid season, let's say that things aren't going like spectacularly well, and you could do one of two things: you can make the Harden trade, you can trade Simmons to maybe Washington. Although I really don't like the idea of trading Simmons in division i i'm just going to come out and say that right now if simmons is the only way you can get bradley beal then uh, i'm not 100 percent gonna like it but i mean if it brings a championship whatever uh dave early uh, another colleague of ours kind of tweeted this the other day and just said for thibold maxi some draft capital and like not involving ben simmons what kind of player could the Sixers get back? The first name that came to me was CJ McCollum, like somebody in that range of player. Like I get that he's pretty pivotal to the trailblazers. And, but I, I, th- I think you're in that area if you're trying to do a trade and don't have Simmons on the table. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a lot of draft assets. And, and I also saw a, Pull from from him or from someone else. I'm currently drawing a blank where they were offering. I think it was like Tobias, Maxi, Harris, um, or Tobias, Maxi, and Thibel and three first rounders for Harden. And it was a poll on whether or not Sixers fans would do it. And like 75% said no. And that's just crazy to me. Yeah. Because, because if you can get James Harden in Philadelphia to pair alongside Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you should put whatever they want on the table and just do it and figure out the rest. But but going back to, to your point, um, I do think that that's pretty accurate in terms of, of what you could get uh, for what was the package, did you say? So it, and- was, so it was basically pretty much just all the young guys and uh, Tobias. So Tobias, Maxi, Thibel would be in there, maybe Shake Milton, um, draft capital, be it picks or what have you. Yeah, I, I think if it's Tobias, I think the I think because he's kind of a net negative contract, then mm-hmm. you kind of have to lower your expectations a little bit. You're not gonna get Harden, probably not gonna get Bradley Beal. So what's like that next level? Um probably and you're probably looking at more guys like, you know, CJ McCollum, Buddy Heald, guys like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think you're accurate with that in, in terms of what, what kind of talent or scale that you're looking at. Another name that could probably make sense that would offer them a little bit more flexibility in terms of spending would be Malcolm Brogdon, who they should have signed two seasons ago, but ultimately didn't. 
um, he's someone I, I think that could could kind of fit that role better. But yeah, C, CJ would be a great fit, a great shot maker. Um, and, you know, it, it will really be telling in terms of without getting too off topic, it'll really be telling this season for the Portland Trail Blazers that put together a really fun roster in the offseason. Now, if they fall flat on their face, they very well might look to, to ship out C.J. McCollum, who is, is close with Damian Lillard. But obviously, you got to do what's best for your team and whatever gets a title to Portland. And somebody also mentioned Oladipo. Like, I don't think that's a great idea. Like, I, I like Victor Oladipo, but, you know, not if I'm mortgaging all that future. And, like, he's not – he's still not – a hundred percent back from that injury. Like, I don't know what I would be getting if I'm trading for Oladipo. I have no idea. Yeah. Trading all of that. And I know that Tobias's contract is a negative, uh, but trading all of that for a, a question mark, I, I wouldn't feel, I would feel pretty uncomfortable with that. Now, even though Tobias's contract is a negative, he is a great fit for the Sixers. You know, he, he can shoot the ball. Well, absolutely uh, rebound the ball. Well, he is, is he overpaid? Definitely. But at the same time, he's still a good fit. Now, the only reason I, I think you would do that trade for Oladipo would be to be shedding some salary just because um, I believe he's an expiring deal. If not, he has a, a player option. I think he's expiring, though. Um, so that that would shed a lot of salary and give you some salary uh, space to play with in the, in the offseason. Um, and another trade that I saw was, was like Tobias Harris and, and some filler young players for Blake Griffin. And, and that's another example of, of a big question mark. Um, you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. And he's probably a worse fit yeah. for the team. He's, 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 almost not, as, he's almost as bad as a fit as Horford. Yeah. And, and I get it. He, he had a good year shooting from three a, a season or two ago. But I'm not. I'm not trusting that jump shot. I'm not trusting the, those knees. So the only reason, again, to do that trade would be just to shed salary. Like if they have a player on their radar that they know they can get, then I understand that move. But but ultimately, I, I think you just stick with what you got in, in either two either of those two examples. Oladipo makes 21 this season, and he's a UFA next season. So there's no option. So yeah. trading trading for Oladipo is basically cap shedding at that point. Yeah, and, and you don't know what he's going to command on the free agent market. There's very well a, a team out there that offers him a decent-sized contract and, and takes a flyer on him. And, you know, if you do that trade, you have to be fully accepting that there is a good chance that he will either not return to the all-star player he was a few seasons ago or he'll leave for virtually nothing. Final question, James Harden, trade to the Sixers. Do you do that right now? James Harden for what? I'm sorry. James Harden to the Sixers. Do you do, you do that trade right now, today, or before the season starts? You know, it, it really depends on what they're asking for. Um, I'm someone that's in the camp that uh, they should trade Ben for, for James Harden. Now, Ben's a phenomenal young talent that can still get a lot better. But James Harden is, in my opinion, one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer in NBA history. That's an excellent fit alongside Joel Embiid, who's also a, a top 10 talent. Um, and, and the way that they would work together and the potential that they would have would be truly amazing. And, and I think that that's a can't-miss opportunity, in my opinion. 
Now their championship window does get shortened a good bit because like I said, we don't know how long Harden can have this production, but at the same time, your chances over the next three years, if you acquire him now are a lot higher than what they are now, if you have Ben and Joel. So I would take that risk. I, I wouldn't do the deal for, for Ben and three first for Harden because that's a big ask. But if it's Simmons for Harden straight up, I'm definitely doing it. And, and I'm personally not thinking twice about it. Simmons for Harden straight up. Simmons and if it's – honestly, Simmons, Thibel, Maxi. If that gets the job done, I'm okay with it. I'm perfectly okay with it. If you can get Harden without – if you can get Harden tomorrow without getting – without giving up Ben Simmons – I don't know why you're still on the phone. You need to be at Philadelphia airport picking James Harden up right now. <laughs> oh yeah. If you can get, if you can get Harden without giving up Ben or Joel, you absolutely put everything on the table that, that it takes because a trio like that, that would probably propel the Sixers to being favorites in the entire NBA, not just the East. Harrison Grimm. He is the final person that I am talking about James Harden with on this podcast for the foreseeable future. If he's traded to the Sixers, then sure, we'll talk about James Harden again. But as of right now, Tuesday, December 15th, I'm done talking about James Harden to the Sixers until it actually happens. You hear what I'm saying, guys? Like, that's it. I've had enough. Um, uh, Harrison, thanks for coming on the pod. Love to have you as always. Uh, Tell the people where they can find you on uh, Twitter and anything else that you got going on. Yeah, so, so you can find me on Twitter at Harrison underscore Grimm. Uh, you can find all my work along with many other really talented people at libertyballers.com. Uh, uh, thanks again for having me on. Sixers Celtics tonight, what are you looking for the most in game one of this preseason? Because it sounds like Doc is going to play the starters big minutes in the first half. At least that's what it, at least that's what it sounded like when I was reading stuff from him. Yeah, I'm going to be looking to see um, – I'm, I'm going to say it. Uh, I'm going to be looking to see if Ben Simmons is willing to shoot it, considering mm. he's, he's going to be shooting in an empty arena. <laughs> um, I'm going to be looking at um, – I'm going to be very curious to see a lot of the young guys. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Tyrese Maxey looks like, how NBA-ready he looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Joe, I think, is an intriguing shooter. Um, and I'm really going to be curious to see um, how Joel matches up against the Celtics, whoever is going to end up playing. Because right now, uh, Daniel Tice is questionable. Uh, Tristan Thompson has been ruled out. So that leaves Good Robert Lord. Williams <laughs> and um, Taco Fall. Oh, my God. Break so him I'm, in half, Joel. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to I hope we get to see some taco versus Embiid. But I think those are all intriguing storylines to follow along. I think the big thing I'm looking for tonight is just, just motion. I just want to see how this offense works, how it looks. Is it as stagnant as it was last year? If it is, then we got big problems. But if it looks clean, it looks fresh, it looks fun, then that's just going to magnify how good I feel about this team going into this season. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the Sixers being watchable again. Like, there's going to be no, hopefully, no double post-ups. There's going to be floor spacing. We'll be able to see the the color of the paint on the basketball court again. So, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be so nice to see. (laughs)
It's going to be so awesome. The days of the double post-up are over. Thank God. Harrison, thanks again for coming on the pod. Thanks again for coming on the pod. Appreciate having you as always. Can't wait to have you on again. And uh, talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.